0: Now there. Good morning and welcome to the business leadership podcast live. It is, it's Friday. It's the 12th of October, 2018. This is episode number 46 and I, am your host Edwin The business leadership podcast live. It's a live call in radio show where I speak to business leaders, subject matter experts, and thought leaders to discuss the latest innovations, current events, or best practices that will help you personally and professionally grow. This episode is brought to you by Slingshot VoIP, a leader in business voice AI technologies that help companies understand what the customers are saying when they're calling in. Happy Friday, everyone. Thank you for taking the time to join us. I'm really excited to introduce my co host today. My co host is Pat Levine Laverne. I'm sure I butchered his last name, but uh, I do apologize. Pat, he is a SaaS startup sales coach. And I'm really excited to have this conversation, being a tech entrepreneur with a SaaS platform, a SaaS business as well. So I'm almost doing this selfishly, you know, getting some free consulting as I joked with him before I started the show. And uh, so if you are joining us live, we'd love to hear from you. So if you have any questions uh, for Pat or or myself, be sure to just type it in the browser directly. And if you have a story or if you've you've maybe raised uh, your revenue to, to a million, Uh, recurring revenue this year. We'd love for you to join uh, join us and and share your stories with us live. Um, With that, um, obviously our topic today is how SaaS startups handle their sales from proof of concepts to 1 million annual recurring revenue. Um, Again, Pat's been doing this for, for about 20 years, so really excited to have him. Pat, how are you doing today? Thank you for joining me.
1: Doing great! Thanks so much for having me, uh, Edwin. I'm really stoked, excited to be here. What a great way to uh, to you know close off the week. Uh, this is so cool.
0: Yeah, no, this is this is gonna be great. This is gonna be great. And I joked for those who are just list, joining or listening. Um, I was joking with Pat before before we went live on air that uh, that that I have a list of questions personally that I'm gonna to get some free consulting from him (laughs) And, and how to grow that. No, but this is exciting because I know even within my network, I have a lot of SaaS founders just within my network and people, people who I learned from who's grown their business as well. So, so this is a really important thing. And, and I'm, I'm sure Pat, and correct me if I'm wrong, even if you don't have a SaaS business, anyone building a sales organization may, may learn something today, right?
1: Um, yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right. I actually picked up a lot of, of the stuff that we'll be talking about today. I picked up in outside of the tech world or the SaaS world, like back in the '90s. So some principles are are staying true even as we as we move into the tech era, and we're in 2018 now. So yeah.
0: Okay. Awesome. So why don't we just why don't we just jump in? And this is this could be a personal question, and, and and really relevant for anyone who's listening. What's what's Pat? What do you think is holding back SaaS startups from from growing their revenue from the outset?
1: Um, that's a great question. Uh, a few things. I, I we could say multiple things, but uh, I I'm going to list maybe two or three that 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 I encounter with my clients. Um, so I'd say the first one is. Uh, once, and I'm always. I, I love working with SaaS companies. I, I guess I can start with that because I'm, I'm very impressed by by the technology out there. Like I'm not a dev myself. I, I don't know how to code. I'm, you know, I'm true and true salesperson. But uh, I, I think it's amazing. And when when they basically build this this tool and they they need to bring it out to the world, and th- this is where I, I see that sometimes they're they're going to be struggling because of the sales part. Um, basically, um, so yeah, so I'm kind of digressing already. So I'll just start with the first one. So uh, they're not, so the CEOs I work with sometimes are not laser focused on their target market. So Mm -hmm. they build, they build their SaaS. uh, It's full of amazing features, uh, but they don't quite know who this, who their platform will help the most. So they haven't figured out um, a problem out there that they want to solve with, with their with their amazing technology. So they start running after everyone and then they end up closing no one. Uh, probably some of you listening uh, have felt that when you started or if you're at, at that point right now. And this is because uh, instead of selling a future, a uh, you're trying to sell your features. And we'll, I guess we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit later on. But basically, uh, by focusing more on on your ideal customer, usually things start to get much better on your sales front than if you just kind of like look inward in your in your company and talk about just the product itself so that would be the first one mm-hmm. um, The second reason i think main one uh, holding back startups from growing the revenue would be uh, they they kind of they hope that leads come to them. So they hope that they'll be getting some inbound leads so that they whip up a website. Uh, and they're, they mostly do a very good job at explaining the, the features that go on the website. Uh, but due to very low volume of leads when they start, like maybe, you know, you start investing in SEO, uh, but that takes time. So, you know, what next? Uh, and so this basically, um, like slows them down and they, ju- they just won't, get into scaling mode because basically nothing's going to happen and so they this is where they realize they need to start action but they don't really know what to do when it comes to uh, to finding the leads out there um, and so for those who are actually hitting the phone and, and trying to and trying to to provoke something trying to find the clients out there whatever they try um, I'd, I'd say that one of the big things holding them back would be the execution that's maybe not where it should be. So for example, I, I know like personally I know some people will try, you know, five, ten or fifteen phone calls in a week and go like, huh, you know, I I tried reaching out to prospects, uh, out of my thirteen calls, like nothing really happened. But what they don't quite understand is uh it's it's a numbers game when it comes to sales. Uh there there's a way to smarten up about it, but basically you need to be relentless and you need to be very gritty when it comes to the sales activities if you want to uh, to actually see numbers down the, the down your your sales funnel, so um, I'm not saying the pitch to everyone. That would be equaling to wasting your time. Uh, but once you really know who to go for, you just need to be relentless with it, and uh, and the results, generally speaking, eventually will come.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. And and you you hit home with a couple of key points, even for holding back, and uh, even for myself, and and within Slingshot in terms of like ideal customers. So Slingshot for just in case you don't know, Pat, I mean, we're, our SaaS platform is, is more, it's a traditional business services. It's almost commodity. It's it's a utility now. It's a phone service for businesses, right? Mm-hmm. So we've tried everything. And personally, I, I ran that, 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 that front side. And, you know, i you know, I have customers that range from everyone. But when I did outbound marketing, let's just say marketing, because maybe I was in the hope of leads coming in at the, at the beginning, right? <laughs> yeah. So I would target my marketing for specific verticals. So I know I know, I had professional services companies that were playing us really well. Like They were in the above, like whether they're engineering professional services companies or legal services, you know, like law offices. So understanding that, but... What i found and maybe what you're th- maybe I'd love to get your thoughts on it is because it's a utility service, it's really hard. And I've been in telco for a long time and I could even ask you this, for example, like when's the last time you you changed your cell phone provider?
1: Oh, that would be a few
0: years ago, I think two or three years ago. And it's not like I, it, the other the other competitors could call you every day and you're not just going to change. It doesn't matter. But the day you want to change, I don't know what the pain is. You'll just do it. So uh, these are sort of the challenges I found in my stuff, like even though when I was just targeting who I'm targeting, but because it's just a utility, uh, I, I need to get more creative, I think.
1: Mm, so absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like looking back on, on, on that example, like for me, the trigger was moving provinces here in Canada. And so I <laughs> like that was a trigger for me. So. I don't know if you've identified trigger points where it's actually a good timing for you to get in and have these conversations with your potential clients.
0: Well, I did. I did. I have, I have six trigger points on when companies actually either purchase or upgrade uh, or, or start a service. Um, and then there's, I wrote a whole article on this like long, like two years ago, three years ago. It's a pretty popular article because I know the pain points when they're actually going to change. But Finding those pain points or really getting in top of mind on that is going to cost, your cost per acquisition is going to be really huge. And now I'm going against, you know, companies, the incumbents that have that type of marketing or that mind, you know, that mindset that people just remember. Oh, you know what? I'm going to call the, you know, mob bell because I'm moving. So moving relocation is a huge uh, point when they may, when they may consider changing.
1: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense.
0: But yeah, I mean it's it's uh it's definitely it's definitely I don't know it's a challenge and and how do you when you develop the sales side maybe maybe that's the messaging we just have to go think about us when you're relocating, right?
1: Yeah, for sure. And this makes me think of the concept of the buyer's journey. I don't know if you've incorporated that in your in your sales activities, uh but basically um let, let's be let's go with theory just for a minute, but basically mm-hmm. when when you have leads coming in, uh, they're going to be at different stages on their buyer's journey, right? So you start at, they call it, I think it's the awareness stage. So that are not, you know, your potential client doesn't quite know what their problem is, but they, they're, they they have symptoms and it's hurting them in, in some way or form. And this is where they go on Google generally, and they're going to type like how to, and then they're gonna like, how to fix their problem, whatever mm-hmm. that may be. And so uh, very often, uh, like a SaaS company when they're starting, they're, they're getting their leads, but the leads are just at the awareness stage. So and then yeah, I, I see these these SaaS that they're trying to like get them to a demo and pitch a demo, but the clients aren't aren't there yet. And so this, this becomes very costly because the, the sales mm-hmm. cycle gets gets so long because like the the, the, the prospect wasn't quite there yet. So the, the first stage of the awareness is actually what you want to do is you wanna move them to the next stages. Uh, The way to do that would be to just help them, like whether it's through like marketing collateral or you just send them a white paper or whatever, but you help them identify what the real problem is. So, for example, um, I worked for a company um, a while ago uh, and was in the HR tech world, so a a SaaS. and, uh, And basically, we were talking to HR leaders, and those who were in the awareness stage, they'd go and they'd just say, Hey, like, I've been losing my talent. Uh, and my CEO just told me that this has to stop, and I don't know what to do. So they would go, they would go on Google and type, you know, how how do I stop losing talent? How do I retain talent? Uh, and so when we get them, got them on the phone. Well, actually, we we first we qualify them. We realized they were there, and then we just help them at that point realize that maybe they had like a culture uh, issue, or maybe it was something else. But we help them move past that symptom. And once you do that, they move into consideration stage. And that's, that's, you know, that's, they, at that stage, they. Maybe they'll, uh, it's like, let's say, let's consider another example. Let's say you figure that, you know, you live in Toronto, you need transportation. Uh, th- so you're in consideration. And now you're wondering if you're going to go with a car, with, with Uber uh, with an helicopter, a boat, and so you're just not sure on which category you're going to go yet. So, the game is to actually find or, or move all those leads to the last stage, which is which is the decision stage. So they know what the problem is. They know they want to go with a technology. They want to go with a SaaS such as yours. They're just not sure between yours or uh, maybe competitors that you're having. And this is what they're trying to figure out. And and that stage, when you get them there, that's why like some leads sometimes you close them much more uh, faster. Uh, mm-hmm. very often it's because the lead was already at the decision stage so they did all the education on their end and now like they wanted something such as what you're providing and uh so yeah so um, so, so like, the, yeah
0: so the one that closed quickly i guess is what you're saying pat is if they came to me and close real quickly they may have built their buyer's journey on a competitor site right you don't know
1: that's possible or you know like that's why it's easier and faster to close smaller uh deals because uh like smaller organizations for example could move through the three stages in a matter of 48 hours where sometimes it could take six months depending on you know what's the you know what's the purchasing journey on their end like did they have like a full committee of people that need to get on board to purchase so that's why enterprise you know size deals for example typically take longer uh because it it just takes much longer to to move through these stages and and gather the budgeting and all that stuff
0: no that's amazing I appreciate that and and i i I have thought of the but the buyer's journey when developing this stuff, and we you know i we created um like that sort of, you know, phone systems 101 or what do you need for this? And it, it was like an email tool, um, free course is what I called it. And that that's that's at the beginning when someone might be just in the uh, awareness or maybe even the consideration earlier on in the sales cycle, because sometimes the decision maker for us is not the decision maker. They're just gathering information or or even learning because you only buy one phone system every. I don't know, 10, mu- 10 years if, in a business life cycle. If that, mm. um, it could, it could only be one time too. Right. Because it's it's sort of a set it, buy it, set it and forget it type <laughs> solution at this point. So it's a very sticky product that, that we sell, but it's just a matter of like, like moving on. But I mean, I could talk about that all day. <laughs> so I, I guess for me, and if you are just joining us live, what we're talking about is, you know, how SaaS founders build out their sales cycles or how to get to $1 million in revenue. And it's an interesting conversation, especially for me, because I'm really passionate. I'm really trying to learn this stuff as well. So if you have any questions, if you're listening and you have a SaaS company or you just launching, let us know if you have a question, type it in. If you have built a company, would love to for you to join the conversation live and share your story. We'd love to have you. Um, Pat, what do you think... Um, in terms of lead generation channels, which one should SaaS companies focus on?
1: Um, yeah, so those who are really starting out and they haven't quite found out like a, a, a way to repeat the business or or, or build like a, a, a predictable sales funnel. I always advise that they, whatever they choose to do, uh, let's say we're talking outbound, let's assume that they don't have like a newsletter with half a million subscribers on it that they can just draw from like that, that would be amazing. But like mo- in most cases that's not there. So we're going outbound meaning uh, let's assume that the SaaS company needs to find leads on their own so mm-hmm. they can either go organic or paid. So for me, paid would be uh, uh PPC, for example, and organic would be anything that costs very little or even nothing at all. Um, so one, mis- one big mistake I see is uh, SaaS founders, you know, they want to go fast right they want to get to the next funding round round so uh and they have very ambitious goal and so they 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 tend to you know be attracted by the paid method very early on but i think personally that this is a mistake uh and very often what i see i'll see them burn the money and then they'll you know kind of blame it uh on on the company that helped them with their ppc if they went outside but the problem Mm -hmm. i see is that if you go too quickly on on paid and you don't really understand who you're again back to the target market. You don't understand who you're trying to sell. What what's the messaging that you should actually use? Like what's the vocabulary that your clients are as you are using? Like if you didn't do that research and that research only comes from actually like finding like five, 10, 15 clients before you do anything else, then you're you're chances you, you burn your cash on paid methods is very high. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I advise is that for, for all of my clients, I always mostly advise them to go organic. So there's, there's multiple ways you can do that, but basically uh, what you want to do at that stage is just kind of like you use it like as a lab and, and you really want to like come up with your hypothesis. So, you know, okay, let's, for example, let's try these three verticals, right? Uh, like you were talking about. And uh, and let's see which which of these three converts best. So meaning we're going to reach out with organic methods and then uh, we'll see which ones kind of convert better. Like so, and, and so you, you just calculate, for example, the number of calls or outreaches and, and what's the reply rate. And from there, how many do you get into a demo? And from there, you know, and and you, and you just kind of like, uh, observe everything, and then you can just compare compare with with your 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 different hypotheses, but also compare with best practices out there for sas and for those of you listening if you 're looking for if you want to benchmark yourself um, there's uh, there's it 's called the American Association of Insight Sales Professional mm-hmm. uh, They have chapters all around the world, and if you go there, uh, I think it costs like thirty bucks for a year and there 's a ton of resources uh, for uh, that that's super relevant for for saas companies uh and more precisely if you look up the bridge group uh and you go on their website you'll see there's uh, some meta analysis so for example every year they'll they'll survey like 450 saas companies of all sizes uh selling you know uh different deal sizes and they segment everything and they'll let you know okay like on average, like a, a top-performing SaaS company, when they're starting, these are the numbers, these are the KPIs, this is their performance, and you can and it goes all the way to even if you want to hire like a, a an SDR, sales development rep, or an account executive. Mm. Like later on, you can see what the others, like the 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 the, the, the well-performing SaaS companies, how they're actually doing it. Uh, so so that's useful. So back to the question, uh, when it comes to like okay, but let's do organic, but which channels? Yeah. Um, I'd say so direct, out. so it really depends where, where your, where your niche is, where your target clients are. So for example, in my case, um, I use LinkedIn quite extensively, so mm-hmm. I'll do some direct outreach on LinkedIn. So meaning, uh, I'll, I'll reach out to, so I'll build lists of potential clients. So with LinkedIn, you can really filter down, right? So I could say, okay, give me all the businesses out there that have the keyword SAS in it. Uh, and that are in the industry uh, computer software uh, and that have between one to 10 employees, right? Because I don't want them too big because I'm helping them go from $0 to a million uh, mm-hmm. and with a title of CEO or founder or or co-founder. So you can see where I'm going with this. So I can really narrow it down. And from there, um, there's some technology that can help you. So you don't have to manually reach out. Like We're in 2018, so there's... Pro- like like if 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 you think of that you want to accelerate your basically your outreaching someone probably thought about it and built a little little tool that you can use so yeah. uh, for those of you who are interested in LinkedIn, you can check out it's called linked helper so that's the one I use but there's others and so a tool like that just is just like a little macro that every day will reach out auto uh, automatically to a hundred um, potential like a hundred new leads. And so out of those hundred leads, I'm gonna have maybe thirty who's gonna to reply to me, so accept my connection request. And from there, you know, I'm gonna get my fair share of people who do like have this problem that they're like, yeah, I'd like to grow this. I don't know how to do it. And then I'll just basically invite them to a phone call and this is how I do it. So this is basically free. Like the the tool costs 20 bucks and I have linked. I use the LinkedIn uh, sales navigator, which is a little bit more prices, like a hundred bucks per month. But for 120 bucks a month, I have like this steady flow. It's fully automated of, and it's going to give me, I don't know, anywhere from like five to eight, um, put, like f- intro calls with potential clients that are perfectly qualified. And from there, like it's just, you know, hopping on, on these conversations and having like great chats with, with, with SaaS founders everywhere around the world. So So that's one way to go about it.
0: You can also right. use, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, no. And, and what's great. And uh, just a quick comment and what's great and what, what's really helpful. Uh, and I appreciate the tools and I did list it. I, I posted the three links so far in our, in the, in our, in our episode page, but it's really understanding it's back to the original thing you started with, Pat. It's like, you exactly know that profile of the person. So LinkedIn obviously <laughs> is the ideal way to build your list.
1: Exactly. You're right. So I started with, with, with LinkedIn, but the more I dug on LinkedIn, I found like an even better place to, to hunt. Like, I don't like hunt, but like to go for to find my, my niche, my, my tribe. And it's uh, AngelList. angel list. So for those of you who know uh, angel.co mm-hmm. uh, well, all of the SaaS founders are there and, and like, it's even, it's even better for me because they they'll, if you go there, you'll see which ones are hiring their, probably their first salesperson. So I know exactly where they're at, or you'll see the ones who have just closed a seed, a seed uh, round. And so that's, that's really important information for me as well. So the more you focus down, you narrow down your, your, your target market and the better you become at, at understanding you know, what they're doing in their day-to-day, what their problems are, what's their desired situation, how do they talk, you know, which words do they use, well, the easier it becomes to connect with them and to have, like, really cool conversation with them, and, and it gets easier and easier to help them out, actually. But if I were to go with, with all sorts of companies, like, let's say SaaS, but of all sizes, uh, then, you know, like, it would be much harder for me to, because I'd have to have, like like, like 10, 15, or 20 different sets of of messaging and, and, and looking at 20 different places. And I would just be drowning on, like in a sea of 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 potential leads. But when you're running after too many rabbits at the same time, you just catch none. So that's right. so that's why I really went very, very narrow and uh, it works well. So
0: I guess for me, Pat, and very specific example, because within my customer set, because it is like a, a VoIP company, at the at the end of the day, it's a little bit commodity. Um, it's a utility the way we think about it, right? Because it's 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 just in the wall. If you have a business, your phone system just is just there. Um, if I were to look into my portfolio of customers and I told you professional service type companies are, you know, they still use the phone a lot, you know, they talk to all their customers, their, their contractors, if I were to start with an ideal customer, would I look at one very specific vertical and, you know, the decision maker was, let, let's say I have one, one, one company in mind that, you know, gives us about 1500 bucks a month. You know, they, they have five offices, the president is actually, you know, he, he, grew, he grew up through the organization, but now he, you know, he handles it all and he wants to consolidate his whole phone system. Like that was the actual pain. And, and it was a cost cutting. would I look for those type of people and just describe that pain?
1: yeah, basically, what you want to do is uh, is look at your best clients, the ones that are are you know paying without haggling you on the price, the ones that are very satisfied with your services, the ones where probably your sell cycle was shorter. you want to kind of like zero in on on a group and and, and extract some um, some characteristics that are the same amongst that group. So it doesn't have to be through a a specific vertical. Sometimes it's easier to kind of like start there. So, but, but maybe, maybe it would be like a, like just, just a company size, or maybe it would be uh, like, in your case, you say they have five offices. So maybe you realize, okay, it's really like, when they're too large, when they have like more than 15 offices, it doesn't work, but under three, it it doesn't work. So like my sweet spot is maybe four to like nine offices. And so you really like the, the first, Step is actually to to take the time with the team and just sit down and try to try to make sense of all the clients you've signed. Like like, what's the common denominator between all your best ones? And then from there, you can kind of build your your ideal customer profile,
0: and then you can start hunting and going after them. No, that's great. That's perfect. I really appreciate that. Um, So if you are just joining in, we're having me, Pat, and myself. We're having an amazing conversation about building your SaaS company to one million dollars revenue. Uh, we just finished talking about you know what are the sales channels we should focus on. Um, and Pat was mentioning, you know, stick with organic at this point. Don't worry about the paid stuff, although it, it may look sexy, but if you don't know um, the pain points and how to close it, and I'm sure we didn't really get into that, um, you're just gonna burn through all that money. Uh, I'd love to hear from you if you have any questions, let us know. Uh, Pat, what should you know now that you have this cycle going, I'm wondering what should a sales funnel look like now?
1: Yeah. um, So I guess to repeat myself, but the very first step, figuring out your ideal buyer profile, that's going to drive everything. So by that, I mean, like, forget about your SaaS, forget about the features and everything. And and just like, just go back to the basic. What's your problem? Like, what's keeping your client up at night that they they can't, like, they're having a hard time falling asleep. What do they think of? So for example, in my case, I'm like, hey, like, I want to do, I want to work with SaaS founders who are really stuck and they like they want to grow the revenue and it's not working for some reason. And this is keeping them up at night because maybe they have a few employees or that they, they can't even eat. Like they're they're on ri- white rice and craft dinner. So like, I know, so you want to, you want to focus on a problem that's like on a scale of zero to 10, like it's an, at least an eight. So like in, in terms of like intensity of the problem. Mm-hmm. And once you have that, what does your, what does their desired outcome look like? And this is super important, even for the sales funnel. And you see why in, in a second. So once a problem is fixed, what does it look like for them? Right. And then once you have these two parts, you come in the middle. Your job is to come with your with your SaaS, your offer, and show them how your SaaS is actually gonna solve that problem and bring them to their desired uh, situation. So the first part is really understanding, like nailing down that equation, a very simple equation, but, but very, very important. Because w- when you have a lead that's going to interact with you or just say, okay, let's hop on a call for a demo, it's certainly not to just listen to all your, your amazing list of, of features. It's, mm-hmm. it's, they're trying to figure out how, like if and how your SaaS can actually solve the problem. Right. So. For those those of you who do, like who do do take the time to understand and talk to them and let them know that you really understand where they're at and where they want to go, you're like seventy five percent there. So then uh, once you have that, you can start really going out for the lead generation. So like I said, uh, like you you, w- you want to find these leads, right? So you want to go organic. So we talked about LinkedIn already. Uh, I've seen. Um, and I've tried myself personally. We, we, I call it lumpy mail. So you know how you get mail mm-hmm. and, and you don't read anything, you know, uh, except those those bigger packages. Like think like amazon size packages. Like you get a book from Amazon, you've got a little bit of excitement. So what you can do is like I call these packages lumpy mail. Uh, and so, something that works uh, you can actually once you know exactly who you want to go after, you can do like like send like maybe fifty or like a hundred like throughout a month like don't don 't go crazy, but you can send like a hundred of those lump emails and what you put in there uh, is actually something that 's going to really capture the interest um, so for example, uh, again back with with my my stint with uh, that h r tech SAS, we were trying to reach out to h uh, r leaders. And so what we did is, I we took boxes. So we we, we took a box and we we written on the box the address and the name of the person. And in the box there was uh, I had like a ping pong shape type of card, and bet- behind it it was written because we both know that a great culture uh, takes more than a ping pong table. And mm-hmm. uh, and then I had like a, a like an Nespresso coffee cup uh, with you know a little note saying coffee's on me. And uh, and I had a Glassdoor review, and I takes I takes t- t- a little bit of time, but basically I was hitting the, the the pain there because I only send this out to those who had poor reviews from previous employees. So for those who don't know, you can go on Glassdoor and you can leave. Uh, reviews of, for your company, or you can see your, your employees leaving reviews. And for some larger organizations that are really uh, in a talent war and they're trying to, especially here in Toronto, uh, because we're both in Toronto, so they're looking, so they want to make sure that they ha- they're they looking good out there. So I was hitting them right now where I knew they had the problem. And uh, and I knew that by sending them like a, a larger package, most of them would open it and uh, and I would get good good results basically on it. So So that's just another... Example of what you can do organically. Uh, some other SaaS companies, like their clients are more on Facebook. So you can actually leverage Facebook uh, for free. So not even talking about Facebook ads, but you can basically use your own personal uh, facebook uh, profile, and you can basically start building value posts or sharing success stories and just building your profile little by little and eventually and, and you add your basically you find again you find your ideal buyer profile and you add them to your link to your your facebook sorry and you just provide value and quick enough like if, if you stay consistent at it i 've seen a lot of a lot of people out there actually uh, finding clients with Facebook. Or another, like one last way that you can uh, basically do your lead gen in an organic way would be joint venture webinars. So Mm -hmm. imagine you go up with someone who is in your marketplace and serves your ideal client just like you, but in a non-competitive way. So someone who's not doing the same thing. And so you can really leverage that. And so you bring your own following and they bring their following and you do something together, you provide value, and then boom, boom, one shot, you have access to their, their potential, you know, their their people that they know. And, uh, and you're also establishing your company or yourself as a credible uh, player in the market that's providing value. So, and again, like you want to talk about their problems and their desired situation, this is this is how you're actually building the value. So you do your lead gen. Uh, If you do it right, um, you you actually start getting some leads coming in. Uh, A big mistake here is actually trying to get everyone into a demo straight away. So it's a, a little bit of a problem because at any given time, in any given market, I'd say that the numbers suggest that only 3% of potential buyers are actually ready to purchase and mm-hmm. 97 aren't. So what you want to do before like going straight to demo, you want to qualify them. So you want to save yourself the time uh, of, of demoing everyone. And so you want to set some minimum requirements. So you know what constitutes a qualified opportunity instead of just having everyone go into a demo uh, think of the buyer journey that we talked initially on in the call, right? Are they in the awareness stage, the consideration stage? If they're in the awareness stage and they, they'd be a great client, maybe down the road six months to a year, just, just take like 10 minutes of your time. You've got them on the phone, help them figure out their problem. They'll love you for it. And, Mm -hmm. uh, and then just follow up with a sequence or with a few emails, uh, to, to, to stay there. And then when the timing is better, uh, you'll be able to demo them. So you want to qualify those who actually get qualified and go into a demo. And usually it's like anywhere from 40 to 60%. This is the number I usually see with most SaaS companies. So like, feel okay to disqualify half of your leads. And that's perfectly normal. Mm -hmm. Um, When you go to a demo, this is where uh, another big, big point here, uh, which is important is you don't want to do like, like press play on your cassette and, and just, just always do the same, the same demo, because if if you're doing this, you're probably doing it wrong. And at that point, you can just do like an automated webinar on your website, and it's going to serve the very same purpose. So what you want to do is you want to sell a future, not your features. And by that, I, I mean, let's go back to the desired situation. You wanna use the demo a, as a, a an amazing opportunity to show them, you know, bring them from their, their problem problematic situation today, show them how your tool, how your SaaS is actually gonna bring them to their desired state. And maybe that means focusing on two or three features out of your 20 features that you have, and that's perfectly okay. You wanna be pr- like completely personalized on each and every demo, uh, and you personalize, by a understanding that problem, but B also with everything you learned during the qualification uh, short call, like that should last usually from ten
0: to fifteen minutes. So that's the demo. Um, yeah, makes sense. No, hundred percent. I, I love your I loved all the specific examples that you're providing, Pat. And uh, it's amazing just just thinking about it. And I'm, I'm you know really thinking about my own business. And if you're listening, and you know something's hitting home if you have specific questions on the example, whether you're listening live or maybe on the replay, feel free to shoot out a note to myself and I'll I'll make sure that Pat gets the question and I'll definitely invite Pat to to not only share his information, but I mean, this is such an important topic, Pat, that I'm almost going to want to have you back on on the show in a month or two again and we can really talk about, you know, strategies and of launching things specifically. Um, So we're going to, quickly, not quickly wind down, but we're gonna slowly wind down this show. So if you do have any last minute questions, let us know. A question that I want to bring up and it was coming in near the last thing you were talking about, Pat, was you know email sequences or getting people out on an outbound. Cause I've spoken to different founders, different sales leaders started using tools that does the outbound email sequence when you do list building. Um, so, what are your thoughts on those um, type of tools or that type of organic uh, outreach?
1: Yeah, definitely, you want to. So now you can sequence everything, meaning you can you can basically attach a, a string or several emails together, uh, and you use a CRM. So let's say HubSpot, for example, because I'm I've used it quite extensively. So in HubSpot, you could say, okay, I have my list, you know, of of potential leads, and uh, I want to send these five emails to the, the list so to to the the list of leads. So the first email goes out and then if they answer then the sequence is over, right? And and you just pick it up from there and a like completely Ah, uh, personalized and human interaction. But if they don't answer, and most let's face it, most of the leads won't answer your your first email. Then you know, like it's, you could say, wait 48 hours, for example, and hit them with a second email and a third email. And that this is why we're getting so so many. We're getting bombarded by emails. It's it's not like someone writing down writing them down like one by one and sending them. So the the good part of of the sequences is uh, is the fact that you can you can really you can really hit the same lead multiple times and actually the benchmarks of the best companies. And now I'm drawing on the information that I've learned from, you know, the bridge group, for example, says that, uh, like on average, uh, SaaS companies now are, are reaching out like a good seven or eight times, uh, before giving up on a lead. And what's interesting is if you give up after three times, and, and so you don't do outreach number four, five, six, seven, you actually cut yourself 40% of the results that you should be getting, meaning there's 40% of your leads that would have favorably answered your email, but just on email four and up. And I know like that's one point sometimes that I see with my clients that they, they'll try t- two times or three times and because they don't know any better, they'll just stop there because they don't want to be salesy, don't want to be pushy. But actually, uh, some like sometimes you know you, you try like a Monday morning and you you left you let yourself a note to try like in seven days so you try again in a Monday morning so like of course if they didn't get back to you on Monday morning maybe they're busy Monday morning right so you want to actually hit them at different days dif- different hours of the day so so that's the cool thing about the sequence uh, the part that I you know that kind of sucks a little bit is is harder to Fully personalize your emails because it's a sequence. You can, you can, you can add tokens like meaning like a, the, the the CRM is intelligent enough to to like plug in the first name or the last name of the company name, but it's really harder to have a more like like a hundred like percent of a like a, a human touch to it or personalize. So what I like to do is actually. Um, I, like I completely advise using the sequence because you can really reach out to way more people that way. But uh, at the same time, like I, I like to, I like to mix this with some personalized outreach. So, for example, I will, you know, I will still hit like uh, angel angel list for me in my case and, and go like with the lump email option for like I'll say okay, I'll, I'll launch my sequence, but I want to send maybe like 20 or 30 lumpy mills. And this is where a virtual assistant or you can just go externally once you once you really see that this is actually working for you. And like, as a side note, I'm, I'm a huge uh, fan of measuring everything. So when you're trying something, you measure it and then you can figure out what's the return on investment on it. And if it's really... Like if it's really positive, then you can just say, okay, I'm going to put a virtual assistant or I'm going to hire someone to do this because I know that every dollar I put in this one initiative, I'm getting five or 10 out of it. So this is worth it. Um, so so yeah, so I hope I, I kind of digress again, but I hope it answers the question.
0: No, it's great. And, and like I said, Pat, I think, I think hey, uh, you're providing amazing value and insight in terms of building a sales organization. And I know we went through, a ton of the topics actually from like, you know, inception or building at your customer profile, understanding the customer journey and the type of discipline it takes to really, truly get there. So I definitely want to revisit this topic. And if you are listening to this, let us know if there was something specific that you'd want uh, Pat or myself to really dig in deeper in the next call or the next show that we, uh, that we co-host together. Um, Pat, before I let you go, any final tips that you'd love to share um, with the SaaS leaders or the emerging business leaders, or they could be sales leaders that are that are listening today?
1: Um, sure. So it seems like uh, like I'm, now I'm thinking back on everything we talked about, and I I never just specified that once you're once you figure out your formula with your organic outreach, for example, the fun part is is to actually make it fully automated and go with the paid the, the, the paid uh, options out there, so going with the PPC and all that stuff and, and you should absolutely do that um, so I just wanted to specify that uh, you start organic, but eventually you, you do want to put this on you want to press on the accelerator and uh, and you should absolutely do that so that's one thing. Uh, The second thing is for those of you who actually start getting traction and and you're thinking of hiring uh, a sales rep, um, usually the the best route to go usually would be hiring that SDR, that sales development rep, who would actually be doing your lead gen for you. Um, So that's usually the, the, the best thing to do. Uh, but like, I now realize it's, this is a completely like another topic in itself. And maybe we can keep that for the next, uh, for the next, yeah, <laughs> <no>. <laughs> and
0: maybe, and maybe it's when I'm ready to do that too. Right. But, yeah. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. So where can we find more information about you, your work or anything else you'd like to share with us today?
1: Yeah. So you can find me on LinkedIn. So. Pat Laverne, you'll find me. Um, I've just set up actually a Facebook group for say, SaaS founders. So it's called the SaaS Founders Sales Accelerator. Uh, nothing fancy, but I, I just basically want to share uh, and, and just help out. So whenever I find cool resources or I have findings or insights, I just want to share there. And also I'd like to answer some of your, some questions of the people in the group. So you're more than welcome to join. Um, and other than that, my website is patlevering.com. So yeah, you can just uh,
0: easily find me like that. Awesome. Well, Pat, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for co-hosting today's episode. And I do wish you a fantastic weekend and uh, and have a great day. Thanks so much for having me, Edwin. Talk soon. Great. Talk soon. This was the Business Leadership Podcast Live. It's an almost daily show, so be sure to catch us every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And if you haven't done so yet, be sure to check out my podcast. It's called the Business Leadership Podcast where I sit down with business leaders to discuss discuss their personal journey and experience with business leadership. New episodes drop every Tuesday and you can catch it on iHeartRadio, Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you listen to your podcast. And definitely want to share that I recently launched a Facebook group as well, free private Facebook group called the Business Leadership Group. So if you have any questions, For myself, if you want to network with other emerging business leaders, join me on Facebook. But that's a wrap, everybody. Happy Friday. Have a fantastic weekend. Edwin signing off.